This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. John Doe is stuck between a rock and a hard place. The feds, specifically the U.S. Attorney General, say he has to register as a sex offender. California says the case is over. The offender has been reformed. The record has been expunged, and they won't let him register. So now John Doe is guilty of a federal crime. Caleb Kruckenberg of the Pacific Legal Foundation is representing John Doe. We spoke last month in Chicago. We're going to be talking about a difficult subject here, which is sex offender registries. And there have been uh, a lot of problems with sex offender registries over the years. Uh, I talked about them with uh, David Post a few years ago. You can look through the Cato Daily Podcast archive to listen to that conversation. But this is a case where it seems clear, uh, based on your telling of it, that this is a guy who uh, may or may not have done something wrong in the past, but as a as a purely legal matter, he's in the clear as far as the state is concerned. Tell tell me about the the case. Well, I, I think anytime you t- use the term sex offender, when you talk about sex offenders, courts, the public, were really willing to accept a reality that we wouldn't in any other context, and that doesn't mean it's okay. So I represent a client, and he's unfortunately going by John Doe because he is facing the prospect of having to register for a crime that no longer exists on paper. Um, Almost 30 years ago, he was convicted of a misdemeanor for having an inappropriate relationship with a 16-year-old when he was 23. And I'm certainly not defending that act. um, And he was required to register as a sex offender after that. But in the state he lives in, his conviction was ultimately expunged, and part of that is because he did what we hope people who are convicted of crimes do. He reformed. He went to college. Um, he got a graduate degree. He got a good job. He married. He did all the stuff he's supposed to. So the state took away his conviction. They expunged it. Um, and actually, they, they issued a certificate of rehabilitation. And uh, just to be clear what its expungement means, it creates the institutional fact that this never occurred. Right. And actually, what he was allowed to do, so he originally pled no contest to this crime, he took his plea back. The court entered a plea of not guilty and dismissed the, the case. That's what happened. Now... And that's as, as an official matter. Right. As far as California is concerned... This case not only didn't occur, the charges were dismissed. They're gone. They're, he, he's done nothing wrong. But that doesn't stop the Attorney General of the United States from deciding that he has to register as a sex offender in California. And if he doesn't, he's a federal criminal. So explain the federal law at issue. So there, there is a federal law called the Sex Offender Registration and Notification Act. And it is a federal law that tells all of the states that they have to have registries and they have to make people register. And if those sex offenders don't register, it's a federal crime, even though it's a state registry. And part of that law says to the attorney general, you have the power to issue new rules and regulations that say who qualifies for registries and what they have to do if they have to register. And so the attorney general has recently issued new rules and and at the end of last year that just went into effect that basically say that 
if you have a conviction or have a conviction at any point, even if it's been expunged, because it's not a finding of innocence, it's still a conviction. You still must register. Um, and then he also imposed a lot of new requirements for people to register. One of those actually is you're supposed to provide law enforcement with all of the usernames uh, that you use on the internet, anything that's anonymous, so that law enforcement and the public can find out who you are if you post online. And so my client, who does not have a conviction, has now been told you must register and you have to provide all this information. If you don't, it's a federal crime. What about the distinction between a, uh, let's say, a social media profile that isn't public? So it's the same thing. It's internet. um, It's even like an email address. So, I mean, if I have an anonymous email address, I have to give that to law enforcement. And then the public is allowed to find that information out. So I cannot have a burner account on Twitter. I can't have an anonymous email. I can't have a Facebook account. Um, and, and that's just across. The- so uh, the constitutional issue here uh, at first blush appears to be that the attorney general of the United States gets to decide who criminals are. Right. And, and it's really the attorney general gets to say, or at least he thinks he gets to say, um, this entire group of people is a criminal today, presumptively, the end, because they didn't follow a rule that I came up with that makes them register for a crime that doesn't exist. And for behavior that occurred, or may or may not have occurred, behavior that was uh, convicted um, well before this law was even passed? Right, right. The federal law was, was passed in 2006. This, this conviction that my client had was from 1993. And so this is something, I mean, decades ago. And the attorney general says, oh, that one thing in the past, that past fact means I can send you to federal prison without yeah. stop. So what's he looking at? Well, so if he, I mean, if he's convicted, if he were criminally prosecuted, that would be 10 years in federal prison as a maximum sentence. And I, I think the other sort of outrageous part of this rule is they actually go into what happens. What happens if it's impossible? Because they they understand the reality that if you have an expunged conviction in California, the police are not going to let you register. You show up at the police station to register, they say, what are you talking about? You you can't register, you don't have a conviction. So it's literally impossible for him to do that. So compliance is not possible for this guy. Correct. And so the attorney general addresses that. He says, okay, if it's truly impossible, then I will presume you are guilty of the crime. And once I take you to trial, you are allowed to present an affirmative defense to the jury where if you prove it was literally impossible, you can get out. Which is not how trials work. After I've prosecuted you, after I've incarcerated you pre-trial and taken your entire life away. Speaking of that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's well understood that it is possible for people who are on sex offender registries to face all manner of retribution. It is very public information. Neighbors are very interested in knowing that information about people um, to the extent that you have to make your social media profiles public. That is another uh, avenue for uh, you know harassment. And, and yet that is not viewed as a punishment. No. Appearing on a sex offender registry. The same way that 
pretrial detention is not viewed as a punishment, even though you can, in the time of your pretrial detention, lose your job, lose your house, lose any number of things that are very important to you uh, in, in that time. Right. And I mean, this is part of this pernicious legal fiction where courts say, oh, that's not really a punishment. Therefore, we don't have to follow the same kind of rules. And, and that is a much longer fight. But part of it, part of when you say, is it punishment, is it not punishment, is you look at the practical reality. What does this do to somebody? And restraints on free speech, I mean, that is really something you're only allowed to do as a punishment. You, you can have restraints on First Amendment liberties as a punishment, but you can't just because you have an old conviction. And, and I think that's really kind of part of the issue here. So it, you're arguing uh, in court that Congress did this improperly right. in terms of delegating a fairly wide-ranging authority to the attorney general. Well, and I think this really tells a story about the problem with delegating legislative authority in the first place. Because, you know, when we talk about congressional delegation, that's where Congress says, I'll just let an agency, I'll let an administrator like the AG just fill in the details, come up with whatever he wants to come up with. The reason Congress likes that is they don't have to make tough choices. And especially in a topic like sex offender registries, they can say, oh, I'm so against sex offenders. I hate them. Here, see, I passed this law, and the law says, hey, AG, go figure out all, what it means. They don't have to take any responsibility when it's ridiculous or when it's unfair. And Congress does this in a broad variety of contexts that would, if, if your case is ultimately successful, uh, your case would have implications for other agencies that are being delegated the power to, let's say, make the air clean. Right. Make water clean. Uh, be tough on this specific group of criminals. Right. And I mean, that that obviously is is part of the point is I think the sex offender registration issue is, is in some ways it's the high watermark. It's how unfair are we willing to go? What is the worst possible abuse of delegation? And this is a great example. I mean, this is so unbelievably unfair. but. They abuse it all the time in a lot of other contexts. And, and really the goal here is to say, this is how far the government is willing to go. We have to have some limits. You can't just sit back and let anything happen. Where is this case right now? We are, we've just filed the complaint uh, and we've filed a, a complaint in federal court in California and we're seeking an injunction. And so I, I represent this individual. I also represent a group. Um, and, and really, I mean, this is in some ways an emergency matter because my client and a lot of other people right now face criminal jeopardy. If the government wanted to, they could be, arrest them immediately for not registering for these non-existent crimes. And so you know, we've run to federal court to try to stop this. Caleb Kruckenberg is an attorney at the Pacific Legal Foundation. We spoke last month in Chicago. Subscribe to and give a rating to the Cato Daily Podcast on your podcast platform of choice and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 